0: And welcome to the About Mansfield Consumer Advice Series. In this episode, we're going to talk with Wealth Advisor Philip Washington Jr. about a variety of topics, including diversifying your portfolio with real estate, but not with your own money, Bitcoin mining in Russia. And then we're going to bring it all right back here to Mansfield and talk about a growing business and how much money should you save versus investing back in the business. Enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, let's get right into it. Welcome, Philip Washington Jr. How's it going? Back. He is back, and uh, the funny thing is, is, uh two of the the episodes that we do here on the on the podcast are done by Zoom, and, and Philip is actually right here in the studio. He's actually over my left shoulder. I have to look at the computer in able to be able to do the the live stream. Uh, so he's behind my <laughs> behind my back, but. It works because I can I can see him and um, so Philip let's let's get into um, let's, let's talk money let's talk money let's talk money uh, I I have a portfolio but I want to diversify my portfolio a little more I want to start adding real estate to my portfolio but I don't want to use my own money because my own money is already growing. Uh, my four hundred and one k, my IRA, my my investments are growing. How can I get into the real estate game without using my own money?
1: Yeah, and this and this is a good question. It's a question that came up that, that I sent you away from a couple of clients, and it's it's a question that that me and my wife had uh, ourselves, especially because right now, like like we talked about, wanting to start investing in uh, some rental properties, but with the market being down this much. I'm like, man, it's hard for me to justify putting excess cash into an account to buy, specifically to buy real estate, saving up cash to buy real estate because everything's so on sale right now. And the returns on what I'm looking at in my portfolio, the expected returns are significantly higher than what I believe we can get in uh, rental properties, however we decide to do it. Uh, so, so I had to put my brain my brainstorming hat on. So I talked to a couple of uh, lenders I know. Um, you know, I, I understand finance a bit, and the the solution ended up being you are able to uh, borrow money against your portfolio, uh, so against your investment portfolio. and And different lenders have different uh, different qualifications or different amounts. So. I'm just going to give you an example of one specific lender. I, you know, I, 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 uh, I discussed with a uh, a mortgage broker, a lender, and it was something to the effect of, if you have a, you know, let's say you have a five hundred thousand dollar portfolio, and you want to borrow a couple hundred thousand um, to invest in some properties, um, the the math you look at is, hey, if I take two hundred thousand out of my portfolio. Uh, and my expectation is that that money over the next 10 years will make whatever, 10%, 15% a year, you, you may say, well, man, is this investment opportunity with a high degree of certainty going to at least earn me that or more, right? And if you can't answer the question, I I, I love the idea of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So so your alternative is you go, you pledge the portfolio as collateral, you borrow 200 grand, you know, from the lender, uh, and a lot of lenders will give you real favorable rates, right? I mean, one of the numbers threw out in the conversation, and this is this was just an estimate number, so don't you know hold to it. But you know, it was somewhere in the three, four, five percent range, right? Uh, the the point is, it's pro- it's very likely going to be less than the what I expect the portfolio to earn, and so you take the lender's two hundred grand, you invested in the real estate you want to invest it in, and you still earn money on your money, and then. The lender's money allows you to buy the property, and then you make what you make on that. And it, it essentially, if you if if things work out right and um, and you get a good rate, you're essentially like, um, yeah, I mean, you're using none of your money to to, 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 to buy the property, uh, and 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 that, and that that's whether it's the, you know, you're buying it all in cash or that's just the down payment and you're financing um, the rest. So that's that's how you do it. You you leverage your balance sheet by finding lenders who will lend you money against your portfolio to invest in the deal. And that's a that's a beautiful thing.
0: And, and time is really of the essence right now because if I, I heard on national news a day or two ago that uh, the feds are going to keep the interest rates low, but they may be going up as soon as March. Did you hear that?
1: Y- yeah, and that's a nuanced question. So, okay. And, and, and I, can, I can answer that question. So there's there's the big picture how mother nature works how the economy works and then there's the short-term manipulation of truth by central bankers to accomplish a certain goal and mission meaning uh the reason why we're seeing a downturn right now in the market is because um, interest rates or bond markets in the euro dollar market right those are those are where sophisticated traders trade. So one of the secrets of investing is the the Stanley Drucker Millers, the Ray Dalio, the Paul Two Jones, the, the the best macro investment traders of our time that manage billions of dollars um, and banks and other people. They look at the bond market to give them information on what's going on in the economy uh, because the bond market is not traded by AMC stock traders, Right. Uh, these are the largest stock right. so so the the stock market can be dumb in the short term, right? It trades on emotions and theories and stuff like that. The bond market doesn't trade like that, you know. And so um and so what what happened was the bond market has been trending, you know, below normal ten year interest rates since oh eight, right? Which what that signals is the global economy is slowing down. And so if, if you if you if you want to go back in time and you say, Okay, what's What's a normal ten year interest rate? It's five or six percent. Right? Right now we're sub two. We've been sub two for a long time. So what that's telling you is the people who own bonds, banks, governments, you know, pension plans, insurance companies, sophisticated investors, they're looking at everything and they're saying, Yeah, global growth is slow because there's too much debt in the system and just like a person that has too much debt, they can't grow their balance sheet fast anymore, right? Um and and so so you have that over here and then you have the the the, the, the Fed Chair, who says who's seeing prices go crazy, people speculating on everything, right? And that could end up bad too over the long term. And so they say, "Hey, uh, we're going to do eight rate hikes over the next two years, right?" Right. Which which they do rate hike in point two five percent increments. So so you do the math, you go, "Well, man, over two years, that puts rates at two percent, you know, two years from now." But the rate's not even at two percent. So the market's so so the market says, the spread. The spread between the short term rate, whenever they say rate hikes, they're talking about the short term rate, right the the, the three month three month rate. So they said they said, well, man, if the short-term rate is higher than the long term rate, or if that, if, that, if the if the gap narrows, that sucks money out of the system. Think of it like a river, right? If a river is wider, it's more water in there. If it's tighter, less water in there, right? Uh, more water good for an economy, less water, bad. And so when he, when they said that the market said, listen. The Fed can't do it because long-term rates didn't go up. So the market's saying, we don't believe you, or or 10-year, you know, meaning when the Fed says he's going to do that, he's signaling the economy's getting better. 10-year rates didn't gap up the way it needed to gap up. So the market's like, we don't believe you. Uh, But we also know that if you do this craziness, it's going to bring asset prices down for a period of time until you come to your senses, right? But we don't know (laughs) if it's going to be in January, March. February, so we're going to like de-risk, which is what the Fed wanted. The Fed wanted people to stop speculating and and, and bring down speculation, which they did effectively, right? So, so you have, to, so you listen to what they say, but you understand the <laughs> the big picture of what's going on. So, sure. that, so, so they may or may not do it in March. It just depends on is there speculation, is there not? How has, has economic circumstances got worse? Right? Has this drop gotten too far? Because by the way, if the drop gets too far, like everything blows up. You know, the whole system blows up, right. and, and they are not going to allow that to happen. So I know that's a long way to answer the question, but they may or may not. It just depends on what's happening on the day of it the decision. Yeah.
0: And, and I hear a lot of that on your podcast. It depends. Yeah. And, and speaking of your podcast, you you are, uh, you are talk a lot about cryptocurrency, and uh, let's talk about now international, uh, international news that I, I, I heard and, and, and also saw on, on the national news that Russia is – Looking into mining Bitcoin, first of all, what does that mean, and why would Russia want to get into the mining Bitcoin business?
1: Yeah, so the so the, the the short version is Bitcoin is believed by many to be the future of the the future currency for doing business around the world. So what gold used to be like Google gold standard gold used to be the international uh, peace currency, right? that was interchangeable between countries and places that didn't trust each other because you, you couldn't manipulate gold. Bitcoin is believed to be uh the digital version of that plus everything else that is meant to be which is a whole conversation. And so um it's it's no coincidence that as we as the US is ramping up uh security uh and you know, puffing their, you know, you got, you got the, I, I call it, you got the two, two dudes in the schoolyard, you know, standing, standing at each other ready to fight, but nobody really wants to fight, That's right? You right. got that going on. And so Russia's like, well, man, the whole world is dependent on the dollar based system, right? Russia needs a dollar to sell um oil because oil is priced in dollars and people trade um in the reserve currency for what they need. And Russia has a whole lot of energy. And so Russia's like, well, wait a minute, in order to create Bitcoin, we need energy. We saw what El Salvador did with creating Bitcoin mining with their volcanoes, natural resources. Russia can create a ridiculous Bitcoin mining operation with all the natural gas they have and create lots of Bitcoin because if that becomes the new world reserve currency, um, uh, it would make sense for Russia to have some of that from a diversification standpoint. And it pulls the power out of the U.S. hand to control, right, uh, their their economics, right? And, you know, so I'm an American. I want America to win, right? So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, but I'm also like a human and I want more global <laughs> global peace, right? So, That's right. so I, try, I, try, I try to think of everything in the context of what are the incentives? And so it's in Russia's best interest to not allow the U.S. to exert power over it from an economic standpoint through the dollar-based system so that's why bitcoin mining is something that they probably are looking into because uh you know uh yeah that's that's, that's what's it. going on yeah
0: okay let's let's go from international let's let's bring it all the way back in fact let's bring it right back to, the, to this podcast studio i own a business it's growing as a financial advisor how much money should i save and how much money should i invest back into my business
1: that, that's a really good question. So that's why I'm the host. <laughs> so the, the 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 simple version is there are next to no investments that I believe will do better than investing in yourself. Um, and 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 then if you can if you have an income statement and you track it, you could probably see that the money you put into your business because it's it's not just money; it's money plus you, right? Which is rocket fuel for growth, right? You're gonna find very few and then the risk is lower because you control it right you could you could control your own business better you can control other businesses so you can get a really good risk adjusted return inside of your business um uh versus like any other place you can invest your money however you know you want diversification everybody wants diversification and so my what what i tend to recommend is give yourself a salary you know, you wanna you wanna figure out what it takes for you to live comfortably, right? Do what you wanna do, depending on where stage you are in your business.
0: What if I can't afford the salary that I think that I should have?
1: <laughs> yeah, then then you you and your CPA need to uh, have some <laughs> realistic conversations, right? Okay. Uh, but 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 assuming you do, assuming you have a realistic expectation, uh, then then tack maybe an additional you know ten fifteen percent of of what you need for just saving and investing. And then leave everything back into the business, right? So, for so so you might have a goal of saying, you know, hey, I'm going to pay myself 100 grand a year, right, until my business is doing, right, you know, two, three, four million a year, or until my growth rates stop growing at this aggressive level. And, and so, out of my 100 grand a year salary, I'm going to save 10, 15 grand a year out of that. But everything else I make, I make goes back into the business to build and grow the business, and that's. That's how I've seen it done successfully. That's literally, you know, what my family and I are doing. And I think it's the way to build savings, you know, diversify, but also not starve the business of the much-needed cash that it needs to be the best you can be at serving your clients and community.
0: If anybody out there had any questions about uh, diversifying their portfolio, if they own a business, and, and anybody has any questions about building wealth, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Stonehillwealthmanagement.com is the best place. It has all of my podcast uh, feeds. It has information on who we are. It has a spot to book a time. It has contact information to reach out to us. Stonehillwealthmanagement.com is the best place to go. Going to enjoy your weekend? I absolutely will. Thanks. I it's, hope you do too. Are you? It's Mardi Gras weekend, isn't it? it, it's, it it's, it's, the it, season it's, is here. It's, it's the, the season is here. And, and technically... As Steve pointed out, the season is carnival season because Mardi Gras is Fat Tuesday. That's right. You know, uh, yeah, technically.
0: Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next week. (laughs) You too. Thanks, Philip. We appreciate you listening to the About Mansfield Consumer Advice Series. By the way, if you own a business and you are interested in being a part of the Consumer Advice Series, if you have the knowledge to give information in 10-minute increments, to the consumers, shoot me an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is info at aboutmansfield.com. We'll tell you how we can get you all set up. Appreciate it. We do it again next week, right here on the podcast.